that's the sound of fresh coffee. That's your coffee getting you started, day started. That's getting things started. Woo, doggy. Things are rolling. Trying new thing. Trying new things on a Tuesday. Can't believe it's Tuesday. Feels like either the second Monday or an early Friday to me. Wow, what a week! It's been a crazy, crazy week. Um, got a lot of things. Got to try something new today. See what you guys think. Try, 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 try something new. Get some, get some green in the coffee cup today. Oh, that's that's Illy Coffee in the Salt Lake City cup. Salt Lake City, Utah. Just came through there about a month ago, coming back from Wyoming. Um, just, just a, a one of probably the worst ride <laughs> we've had in a long time coming into Salt Lake City. Oh, little plane. Just the wind. We were dropped and turbulence was terrible. I have never, ever felt that much turbulence. I'm talking about C-130s, 141s back in the military. My entire life never had that much turbulence, that much that much of a bad flight. We were jumping around, jumping around. Never knew if we felt like we almost were going to fall out of the sky. That was going to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is usually... Pretty nice, pretty little, pretty area up there for being desert and a, a lake full of water you can't drink. So we got a lot going on today. Three articles here in Germany. Three articles. Uh, we're going to talk about covering a wide range of things. One, a really good idea that doesn't look like it's getting traction. Two, a vulnerability in an Office 365. And three, a big old fine that somebody got for laundering Bitcoin. Laundering Bitcoin. Bad things. Bad things happen. Hopefully your day's going well. We had a good, good session again last night with the, the RMF class. Started talking about career career planning. You know, we set these sessions up to talk about anything that doesn't get covered in the class. So we're, we're talking about, you know, the last two weeks we've talked about development of risk management, how risk management works, how, you know, the multi-tiered organization-wide risk management program works. That was the topics in the course. And we set these live sessions up just in case, because this is the first run through the course, in case anything was missed, anything these students didn't get. And there just wasn't. They, they don't have anything they missed. Feel like it's all hidden. They feel like they're getting the information they need. It's all good. So we've been using these sessions to help them build their cybersecurity career. So the people that are in class right now, all the folks that are in the class are people that are trying to get into security. One shape or form. Some already have certification. Some already certified out here in the DC area, ready to go to work, but can't seem to get to work. So something's holding them back. So we're going to start working through things. Last night, we worked through kind of the job search, how to look, look at jobs, how to look at the posting and how to start tailing your resume to that. So that's going to be some work we're going to do as well as we go through the RMF, making sure that these folks are ready to go. So we're going to have these live sessions with uh, with the class all the way through. It's not too late to join. You can still catch up there. 
They're two weeks into it. They just covered, covered the first two modules, which are uh, introduction to risk management, talking about risk management, talking about the CAP certification, talking about what NIST is, talking about all that stuff. So that's what they're doing right now. Um, so that was a good session. It always opens my eyes to what folks need as they're coming in to the field. Um, folks new to the cybersecurity field, you know, they go out. There's a lot of people racing the field right now for a couple of reasons. There's job security in cybersecurity. There's job security in cybersecurity. Um, the pay is pretty good. Uh, there's just it's just not enough people. And it's challenging, interesting work. It's work that you can feel good about. It's work you can feel like you're contributing to something. You're providing security and privacy protections for information systems, for information, and more than that, for the people and operations that you're supporting. So you can feel good about your job. You feel good about what you're doing. You can get paid a decent rate. Um, but the thing is, we're going to we're going to cross this bridge. Why is it hard to get people into the field? And that's what we're we're working on. So that's that's the recap of what we talked about last night. We always want to talk about a few little things here in the morning to get folks a chance to get logged in, a chance to get on the live session because these are live sessions. We're news. The news of the day, the cyber news of the day, is live. So you know we kick it off, and we can't jump right in the news because then we only have like one or two people on. So we want to make sure we give folks time to get onto the live stream, so we can talk about the news. That's what we got going on. Starting a little chilly out here in Northern Virginia. Um, so it's nice to have a good hot cup of coffee in the morning. Morning, Eric. You were missed last night, my friend. Um, we covered some good stuff. We'll, uh, I did record the session, so I'll share it with you. Um, it was a good session. Unfortunately, I don't understand you got other things going. Understandable. Uh, it was a good, a good session, though. Really had a, a good time with that. So what we got in the news this morning. What's in the news for you guys? Uh, number one. There's a new IoT um, vulnerability database being built. Um, good, bad? I don't, I'm going to let you guys decide. It sounds really good. And I'm not sure who wrote this article or how much they were paid to write it. Maybe it's just the start of something good. But there's a vulnerability database being created for Internet of Things devices. So that's story number one. Story number two on the docket is a vulnerability people are exploiting in Office 365. And a lot of people are using Office 365. So that will tackle. And then there was a cat, got caught by the treasury, laundering money. Um, you know, uh, you get caught laundering money, get, you can get zapped a little bit. So the treasury got this guy, says laundering money for the dark web. And he's doing, it's, it's, it's important to look at this case because this is the first case that I know of, and I think it's the first case of somebody getting caught laundering Bitcoin. So usually money launderers usually are laundering U.S. dollars. So it's kind of weird. Can can the Treasury go after this guy? Does the Treasury have the ability to do they? Is it within, within their authority? I we'll, we'll get to the story and we'll let you decide. So that's what we got going on this morning. Um, a little bit of a... a a new, we're going to try something new today with the news. And if it works, we'll go with this method. 
but it's gonna be it's gonna be a little tricky. So I'm gonna have to jump around a little bit like House of Pain back in the day. Uh oh. D found some news I didn't find. Let's let it get over here. We'll have to look this one up before you go. Morning six Russian military officers charged with cyber attacks. Crazy. Loco in the cabeza, man. Thanks, D, for bringing that up. We'll have to check into that. I wonder if it's... I'm not sure how they missed that this morning. Sometimes you miss the news. You miss the news by missing the news. So, let me run the intro. Be right back, and we'll talk about the news. We'll see if we can run. Uh, see if I'm able to manage my stream deck this morning with this new... What I'm thinking is a little better way of doing the news. Let's do it. Do, do, do. Now I got you on the screen over there. Got the news over here. Got the stream deck right here. Got D over there telling me good news right there. Love to see your chats. If you haven't, hit the bell. Uh, be notified when we go live. Subscribe to the channel. Like the channel. Share the channel with your friends. Man, love to grow the community. This is our community, guys. Guys and gals, our community. We're building a community together. Share with your friends. Get them on here. The more, the merrier, as they say. The more information we got. Like, and things like these. Just throwing news out there that I didn't get this morning. She got targeting the Olympics and French election as well as U.S. businesses. Man, so our election's not the only one being targeted, guys. We'll have to see if we have time at the end of this one to talk about what Dia's found. Which is good. That's why we're a community. Sharing the news. Come on, guys. Share with your friends, like, subscribe, comment, hit smash that, smash that thumbs up button, smash the like so we can get the logarithm. Come on, help us fool, help us fool the logarithm that there's a million people here. So this morning, first up is these guys, vulnerable things. Reminds me of that um Stranger Things, that that other show. So here's what I'm gonna try. Here's when to give this thing a shot. We're gonna switch over to this view right here. Pow! And you guys are going to see the article, too. Man, just like we know what we're doing. So, this is a story by HelpNet Security. IoT Security Foundation unveils online platform to help IT vendors report and manage vulnerabilities. An IT online platform designed to help IoT vendors receive, assess, manage, mitigate vulnerability reports has been launched by the IoT Security Foundation, the IOTSF, VulnerableThings.com, got a big old mosquito in here, that's not good, um, aims to simplify, you come on over here, you're going to get it, yeah, you, I missed, of course. Uh, simplify the reporting and management of vulnerabilities whilst whilst helping IoT vendors comply with new consumer IoT security standards and regulations. As the first globally applicable standard for consumer IoT security, cybersecurity, the new ETSIEN 303-645 specification requires IoT vendors, which could include device manufacturers or importers or distributors, to publish a clear and transparent vulnerability disclosure policy 
establish an internal vulnerability management procedure, make contact information for vulnerability reporting publicly available, and continually monitor for identified security vulnerabilities within their products. Great idea. This is a good, good idea. There's so many IoT devices out there. Your doorbell, your cameras, your thermostat, locks on your door, so many things. And that's home consumer stuff. We also have business consumer stuff, right? So this all is out there. So governments around the world, including the UK, Australia, Singapore, Finland, and the United States, American state, oh, sorry. And the see America, I think you're the United States right away. American states of California and Oregon have already published codes of practice, product labeling schemes, or prepared legislation aligned to the standard. Implementing a means to uh, accept responsibility, or accept, man, hold on a second, guys. There we go, back on track. Implementing a means to accept vulnerability reports is a common feature of these initiatives without mechanisms to report, manage, and resolve vulnerabilities, such as the Coordinated Vulnerability Disclosure, CVD. Um, the security of consumer IoT products diminishes over time and the risk of attack or abuse increases. And I was, you know, CVD, Coordinated Vulnerability Disclosure. I was, I think, was saying Common Vulnerability Database. Um, uh, yeah. Things you learn, Coordinated Vulnerability Disclosures, or CVDs. So we got some quotes here by John Moore, Managing Director of the IoT Security Foundation. Vulnerability management is such a fundamental element to the IoT cyber hygiene that it's no surprise that governments and regulators around the world are making this a mandatory requirement. As a world-leading expert authority on IoT security, the IOTSF has published vulnerability disclosure best practices and industry status reports our conclusions are that the industry must do more to protect their consumers and their business, their, their, their own businesses. Therefore, we see the need to drive this vital security practice and aim to help make it as simple as possible with the launch of the Vulnerable Things platform, especially for the unified uh, and firm, uh, uninitiated firms who may lack resources, uh, again, Hard time talking this morning. The service brokers good communication between researchers and vendors and guides both through the process until complete. Maybe I just, just can't talk at all. Um, we are piloting the service to test likely demand and gain feedback for users. Failure for, by a vendor to respond and report to a vulnerability, whether from a consumer, consumer or a specialist, security researcher could result in uncontrolled public disclosure of the vulnerability, which would really increase the risk uh, of attacks by bad actors. Had to include that because it had bad actors in it, right? Bad actors. <laughs> um, Matt Warman, a UK's digital inf infrastructure minister said, I welcome this initiative to help the industry improve the security of internet of things, devices, and boost the burgeoning digital economy while protecting people online. We want to have confidence that the internet connected products they are buying have stronger security and are working on legislation in this field to help it make it reality. So manufacturers that subscribe to the vulnerability of things will have access to a dashboard that will guide them through the vulnerability resolution process and facilitate 
communication with the reporter. Um, this big old thing highlighted red here is the thing that drove, just made, made my alarm bells go off. Access to the vulnerabilitythings.com is available for free until 31 January 2021. Subscribing to the service also provides access to professional support for coordinated disclosure announcements. Okay, here's where the things fall apart. CVD, the CVD database that exists today for the, the normal like patches we have going on for servers and networks and everything else besides IoT is free. MITRE does it. It's, it's a free service. That's why people use it. It's free. These guys are going to start charging for this thing after the 31st of January. So obviously, they're going to try to get people in, accept it, and then pay you the fee. Good on them for doing something, but this is the part, I think. This is a red flag. That's why it's in red. Access to the vulnerability of things is free till January 31st, 2021. And you get more features if you subscribe. Um, so I said, okay, maybe this site, maybe this site is so cool, has so much information, it's going to knock my socks off. It's October now. There's a lot of, there's about almost a full quarter. Well, it's a little bit over for a full quarter till January, the end of January, 2021. So maybe that, maybe this site is, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to be, wow, this thing is awesome. So I went over there, I checked it out. Here's their published disclosures. That's it. Nothing there. So they do have some information on their website. Read more, some, some, some papers and some things like that. But the main point of these guys, the main point, um, the main point is publishing these vulnerabilities, these CVEs. And none of that's here. Not even, you know, not one. Not a, a single one. Not one that they went to MITRE and said, hey, what CVDs do you have? CV, CVDs do you have on IoT devices? You got some. We know Mitre's got some. Mitre's already got it for free. You can go get it. Right here. Um, this pilot period, um, and hence the use of the platform, is free. Once the pilot is over, we're considering how the platform would manage going forward. Options include uh, introducing a small annual fee. You know, we'll define small. Uh, I, I just Mitre does this stuff for free. You know, they're FFRDC, so the government's paying for that essentially. But MITRE's doing this stuff for free. I don't know. I think this is going to cause them problems. I think this is going to cause them problems. I'm not sure who wrote, I mean, how this, this guy that wrote this article, um, it's industry news. Um, I don't see a byline by this one. It's HelpNet Security. Somehow they're tied into this. It, it sounds like a great thing until you hit that pay, that pay button, that paywall. If this is going to be mandated by governments, if it's going to be required by some laws, what's going on? How is how is this working? You know, minds want to know. You know, this uh, inquiring minds want to know what what's going on with these guys. Why did they just not expand on MITRE? Why didn't MITRE expand on this? Maybe they are. Maybe this is competing. These are going to be, this is going to be an industry or a global standard. You know, we see UK, Australia, Singapore, Finland, and some states in the United States. I don't see all of them. Some states are, are noted here. IoT Security Foundation. What do you guys think? Throw me, throw me a comment. What do you think about 
setting up the CBD. Uh, system that you're going to have to pay for. Um, I don't know. Seems like MITRE would do a better job picking it up and adding it just to their the database they've already they're already managing. That's my idea. I don't know. I, I this sounded great. I was reading the article this morning, rolling through it, and then I hit that. I hit that. Bang! You're going to have to pay some point. And I see. A lot of people probably would do it. Well, like I said, some people would do it um, for free, but when you got to go pay for it, people are going to drop out. Dia's um, saying that's cool. I think you're talking about the new new way of presenting the news. I hope. Hopefully, that's what you're talking about. Sierra Bravo, you'll have to pay to see how it's working. It's supposed to be free right now. I just don't think they have anything anything in there. You'd think before they launched, they'd have a few things. They'd have. You know, if you're going to beta this thing, you're going to get it out there. You're going to try it out. You're going to, you know, you're going to you're going to pitch this to the public. You're going to say, hey, get in this thing, get addicted, and and we just don't have anything. Oh man, cool. Yeah, it's a little bit. A little, I'm going to have to get used to this new new way of doing this thing. You guys can definitely see when I make mistakes reading because I'm reading the news. We're going through the news. Um, next one is Microsoft is up on the up on deck is Microsoft. We're going to talk about Office 0365. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, this one's from Bleeping Computer. I was like Bleeping Computer. These guys are usually pretty doggone good. Let me move this doodad out of the way. Coinbase phishing hijacks. Oh, sorry about that. We don't move the window. While you're presenting, makes everybody go sick. Yeah, I, I didn't get to find a way to lock that down yet. Coinbase phishing hijacks Microsoft Office 365 accounts. I had to let's get this ad out of here. Um, a new phishing campaign uses Coinbase-themed email to install Office 365 consent app that gives attackers access to the victim's email. Over the past year, hackers have increasingly used Microsoft Office 365 OAuth apps, otherwise known as consent apps, as part of their attacks. I had to highlight this whole thing because there's so many ads shoved in the middle of this thing. Hate ads like this. Come on, bleeping computer. Cut back the ads. I know that's how you're paying for things. That's how you're paying the bills. Consent apps are Office 365 OAuth apps that that uh, OAuth applications that allow third parties to access to consenting users' email account to perform actions on their behalf. These apps are used for legitimate purposes, including spam filtering, antivirus scanning, and calendaring purposes. I told you I can't talk today. Unfortunately, when someone makes something helpful, threat actors, I wish they would have put bad actors there. That would have been awesome. Always attempt to abuse them for their malicious purposes. And you can rub your hands when you say malicious. Uh, such as a case with phishing campaigns uh, that pretends to be new terms of service that Coinbase, Coinbase users must read and accept. So here's Coinbase. They're saying, here's our new terms of, of service. Um, if, a if, if a user clicks on the read and accept terms of this service FAQ, the link they will be brought to is a legitimate Microsoft link asking the users to log into their Microsoft account. If you look at the URL, 
you can see that the URL ask for the user's read, user read, mail read, and mail rewrite, read write permissions on the target's account. Is that it's the one down below? So if you look in the header here, liveblogon.com, and it's got our OAuth string and our client ID, and at the end, scope equals user read plus mail read plus mail write. Um, so if we accept that, guess what? Bob, Bob's your uncle, right? Uh, if a user logs on to their Microsoft account, they will be shown a prompt to allow the app from CoinbaseTerms.app to access their account. So here's what the pops up pops up. It says this: Hey, but you know what users do. You know what your your users and your friends and your coworkers. You know what they do when they see this thing, right? They click that yes. Let me get on to what I'm doing. I want the thing that you promised me, and I'm gonna just clickety click 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 right through it. If the user accepts the app's request, the security token associated with the user is sent to the app developer. This token allows the attacker to access the user's Office 365 account from their servers and applications. When accepting the account, they can perform actions or see data based on the corresponding permissions of the app, which in this case are listed before. Read your profile, which is that user read, allows the user to users to sign in to the app and allows the app to read the profile of the signed in user. It also allows the app to read basic company information of the signed in user. Read your mail, which is the mail.read, allows the app to read the email user, user's inbox. This is important, right? So a lot of times we'll have that password reset, right? I can go to password reset on, on a lot of on accounts. I, get, I need to reset my password. And one of the options I'll get is send me an email to reset my password. If I can get access to this mail read, I can do that password reset. It's going to come into the mailbox, right? And I can read it. And then the important one is this mail, this read write access to your mailbox, mail.readwrite. This allows the app to create, read, update, and delete email in the user's mailbox. Um, does not include the permission to send mail, right? So I can't send mail from the mailbox, but when that login when that password reset comes in I can get the password reset I can check it out and then I can delete it so the user never sees it crazy and see here I missed mr. comment comment Mike says use it with Nessus uh, ACAS for more report more repost re robust reporting that's my day ACAS is the DOD term for Nessus um, there, you know, the DOD has got to add another, you can't just call it Nessus. They got to call it something else. Call it ACAS. Uh, you use it that way. You can scan, scan your, uh, um, your, your wireless network, right? Your, um, great devices at home. I'm trying to think of the, uh, netware, your netware network, right? Yeah. Nessus is a good. Nessus is a good tool, man. I like Nessus. Any good, the scanners are all, um, SCAP compliant now. So all of them kind of work very similarly. It's just how much you're going to pay for them. Qualys, Nessus, you know, they're, they're all in, in cahoots, man. They all follow the SCAP standard, which is very good for the security world. Once the Office 365 user clicks the yes button, the threat actors, I wish they would have put bad actors there, will have full access to read the accounts, profile, profile and their email 
The consent app's permission do not allow the attackers to send mail on the victim's behalf, but the read-write permission does allow them to update draft messages created by the user. Yeah. Ooh, make you dizzy there. This ability would allow them to search for email drafts, change their content uh, performing BEC attacks or further phishing attacks. That's a business email compromise attacks. Checking OAuth consent apps. If you're an Office 0365 user, you can check to see if there are any user content apps or services tied to your accounts by going here. To remove the listed content, click on its entry and then the page opens. You're, you can remove these permissions to remove it. There we go. Access apps that are given you've given access to. Microsoft Jigsaw, uh, Project Fiesta Portal. Microsoft Office 365 administrators can also check their organizations for users who have OAuth consent add-ons. Organizations can take several measures that should help them further protect their remote workforce from such attacks. These steps include educating employees to spot consent phishing tactics, requiring the use of publisher-verified apps, and only allow employees to OAuth apps trusted by the organization or provided by verified publishers. So, again, user education is right on the top of this list. The top of the things we have to do is we have to train our users on and on and on and on. Training our users. Um, there are some stuff, things we can do. Technically, don't allow them to install apps that aren't trusted, aren't verified, aren't that kind of stuff. Um, OAuth consent, man. The, the, the bad guy, these bad actors are always, always thinking. They're always out there thinking about new ways to exploit things that are put in place to help us, right? So this was put in place to help things like calendar apps and things like uh, email scanning tools for viruses and scam mails. And the bad guy def definitely jumps on it. And There we go. We can use it for something else. Verified Chapo. Hi. Good morning. Good to see you. You've always been busy lately. I haven't seen you for a bit. It's been a few days since we've seen the Verified Chapo. Last on the pile today is the Department of Treasury. Uh, the Department of Treasury, man. This is, an, this is another one from Bleeping Computer, man. We might uh, we might wonder about Bleeping Computer and their ads. So U.S. Treasury hits Bitcoin Mixer with a $60 million penalty. U.S. Depart US Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, Today announced its first ever penalty against Helix and Coin Ninja cryptocurrency mixing services. Hi, dude. How you doing? He likes his BSP. Um, FinCEN assessed a $60 million civil money penalty against Larry Dean Harmon, the founder and operator of Helix and Coin Ninja cryptocurrency tumblers, for violating the Bank Secrecy Act or BSA its regulations while operating two services as unregistered money service businesses, or MSBs. Harmon was the operator of the Helix Bitcoin Tumblr between 2014 and 2017, and the operator-in-chief executive officer for Coin Ninja from 2017 to 2020. This guy did 356,000 Bitcoin transactions in three years. It's a quote by FinCEN. FinCEN's investigation revealed that Mr. Harmon 
willfully violated BSA's regulation program and reporting requirements by failing to register as an MSB, failing to implement and maintain effective anti-money laundering program, and failing to report suspicious activities. Of course, he's going to do that because that's his business is money laundering, in my opinion, of course. That's in my opinion. Harmon advertised two Bitcoin mixing services in the dark spaces of the internet as secure and anonymous ways to pay for things like drugs, guns, and child pornography. Of course, he should be put under the jail for that last one. Um, beginning on or about June 6, 2014, through on or about December 16, 2017, Mr. Harmon, doing business as Helix, conducted over 1,225,000 transactions for customers and is associated with uh, viral currency wallet addresses, or virtual, sorry, virtual currency wallet addresses that have sent or received uh, $311 million, according to the assessment by FinCEN. FinCEN has identified at least 356,000 Bitcoin transactions through Helix between June 2014 and December 2017. Um, large volume of cryptocurrency cleaned by the Helix Tumblr came from a dark web illegal markets, including AlphaBay, Dream Market, Angora Market, Nucleus, and several others. Harmon is currently being prosecuted on other charges of conspiracy to launder monetary instruments, operating an unlicensed money transmitting business and conducting money transmitting without a license as bleeping computer reported in February. Helix allegedly laundered hundreds of millions of dollars of illicit narcotics proceeds and other criminal profits for dark net users around the globe. That comes from the Department of Justice Criminal Division Assistant Attorney General Brian A. Bensawowski. Harmon allegedly owned and operated the Graham's Dark Web search engine starting April 2014, according to the three-count indictment. This guy was busy, man. He had a, a coin laundering. He had a web search engine. He uh, he was jumping around. He was doing all kinds of things. He also partnered with Alphabay in November 2016, the largest dark web marketplace from December 2014 until July 2017 when law enforcement shut it down. Um, the indictment reads... In or about June 2014, shortly before launching Helix, Harmon posted online that Helix was designed to be a Bitcoin tumbler that cleans Bitcoins by providing customers with new Bitcoins that have never been on the dark web before. Obviously, if they've been on the dark web, Bitcoins have a transaction history. You can see where they've been. It doesn't necessarily, if they've been on the dark web, doesn't necessarily mean they're bad, but of course, could be an indicator. Um, in or about November 2016, the Alphabay website was removed um, to its customers that they use a Bitcoin Tumblr service. Uh, well, sorry. In or about November 2016, the Alphabay website recommended to its customers that they use a Bitcoin Tumblr service to erase any trace of their coins coming from Alphabay and provided an embedded link to the Tor website for Graham's Helix. It's nice when you have the you have the, the website that's doing the illicit stuff, the search engine that's doing the illicit stuff, and the Tumblr that's doing the illicit stuff, all owned by the same guy. Man. <laughs> Verified. Chapo, you're saying it's impossible for me to wake up around 7. That's why I'm almost never here. 
well, it's always available on recording. And, of course, you guys know, if you want to listen to the audio-only version, it's free out there on the uh, podcast sites. You can go out to podcasts and grab it. Um, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. Department of Treasury going out and getting people, locking them down, throwing them in the, the who's keg. Right? 60 million bucks, though. But if this guy, I don't know, you know, what what's he laundering? How much do you make for laundering? You get quite a bit of money for laundering money, I think. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you get at least half of it for laundering, maybe even more of it. What do they say he they they know he you know at least three hundred and fifty six thousand Bitcoin transactions. Um sent or received over Three hundred eleven million dollars. So if you get half of that, you know you get one hundred and fifty-five million. Pay sixty million. I guess you're still in the. That's why these bad guys are doing it. There's there's money to be made, and this is the stuff they nailed him on. How much stuff did he do that they didn't get him on? That's what I want to know. Acquiring minds want to know. So what do you, what do you guys think of the new format? That's what I want to know. What do you think of the new format? Showing you the news. That way I can show you this sites like this vulnerable things site. Um, I don't know. It's different. It's a little gotta get gotta get used to being able to move around on the on the board, not shake the screen up when when, when I'm reading it. And be able to, number one, learn how to read, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I am saying. It is not International Chef's Day. October 20th is International Chef's Day. Um, in your show notes, uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, how, oh, I've got to figure out how to get back there. Uh, this is your link, International Chef's Day, October 20, 2020. Talks about what it is. Uh, cute kid out there participating in Chef's Day. How do you participate? Here's some stuff. Go out and check out the site. Also, you can get it from this site where I get my weird holidays from. International Chefs Day, all chefs, all holidays not, you know, this is not only the United States, but it's international. There's not a very good looking chef, I don't think. No. This worldwide special day was created by South Africa's famous chef, Dr. Bill Gallagher in 2004. He's known as the godfather of all chefs. I guess maybe this is an actual holiday. Hopefully that's not Gallagher there. He doesn't look like an international chef. He looks like he's got... Check out the links in the show notes. Like, subscribe, obviously share with your friends. Love to see you share with your friends. Love to see you here in the morning. I know Verified Chapo, um, you know, it, it's hard to get here in the morning. D's right. Um, that's not D's comment. I guess I went, yeah. Glad you joined us. Better late than never. Obviously D's running our social media, keeping things on track. Sierra Bravo digging the new format. Thanks. I, I, it's a little. I'll have to get used to it. If you like it, I'm going to stay with it. If you don't like it, I won't. Maybe it keeps you from actually digging in. The the the, the uh, links are always in the show notes. You can always go to read the article yourself. But I kind of, I kind of like the new format. Uh, Ferris, good morning, sir. Good to see you up in the morning. It's only like the second time you've been here. It's good, Ferris. We talked. We Ferris, uh, Ferris and I had a time, a chance to drink a couple beers together. It's been like a month ago now. Um, some bush ice. That wasn't bush light. But it was a bush ice. So good to see you, Ferris. If you've been hanging out in the background, uh, you need to start talking more. I need to hear from you more. 
Um, <laughs> facts at D dot D D broad. And he's got she's got the facts. Um, Sierra, go get some. Have a great day, all. Getting ready to go to work. Um, verified Chapo. Head to school now. Sad. Um, Alex is here. None of us like getting up the crack of dawn for this, but it's worth it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you saying that. Thanks to the Bravos. Have a great day. Go get some Bravos. Thanks. Get some Bravos. Definitely. Go get some. Fair saying. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Right back at you, sir. U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, and even he even came prepared for me to let him uh, let me uh, throw slings and arrows bag on the navy, but I didn't didn't too much didn't do it too much. But it was good seeing you guys this morning. Um, go out there, take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers. Um, take care of your you know, take care of your organization. Take care obviously take care of each other. That's what we got to do. We got to take care of each other. This is a community. Share with people you think are like minded. Share with people you think that can communicate, contribute to the um, to the conversation. You guys are on it today. You are on it, doggone it, today. Appreciate it. And yeah, I thank thanks to Alex. Always thanks to Alex, keeping us going, keeping us humming along. Great to see you guys this morning. Do smash that like button. Um, smash. That's what all the YouTubers. I don't watch the YouTube. Say. Everybody says smash the smash that button. Um, hit hit the comment. Give me a comment. Let me know what you think of the new format, uh, especially if you're watching this later in the day. Check it out on a podcast if you if you can't make the live show or catch it catch it later um, in the day. Um, and that's all I can say. Go out there and do good things. Uh, we're two days into the week. We got a lot of a lot of a lot of good stuff we can do. Let's take let's fight the good fight and uh, keep the bad guys out of our network. So till tomorrow morning. 0730. We'll be here again talking about the news of the day. We'll see you then. Be careful out there. Go get some and uh, take care of each other.